Good morning, everybody. It is Columbus Day, Monday, August, uh, excuse me, October 9th. I don't know why I said August. Uh, October 9th, 2017. Once again, it's Mike Lyon coming to you live with the Wicked Awesome Boston Sports Podcast. Hope everybody had a nice weekend. Uh, I suppose I said August just because it feels like August. Uh, I don't know where how it feels where you live, but here in Philadelphia, uh, it is humid and sticky and kind of gross outside. It's going to rain later today, but uh, yeah, it feels like, like, like August or July, not October 9th. I, I kind of miss the fall here, but uh, beggars can't be choosers. We're here. We're happy to spend the day with you. And uh, not a, a substantially busy podcast today, but we obviously have a lot of baseball to talk about. Um, so let's recap and, and let's just get it started right then and there with the Red Sox, who remain alive as of right now, thanks yesterday to a 10-3 victory over the Houston Astros in Game 3 of the American League Divisional Series. That came on the heels. We spoke to you Friday. Right after the Red Sox had been beaten 8-2 in Game 1, they then took an identical loss in Game... Or they were beaten 8-2 in Game 1. They took an identical 8-2 loss in Game 2 uh, in Houston to go down 2-0 in the series quickly. Uh, at that point, it looked like all hope was, was basically lost. If you opened the papers, if you looked on ESPN or any other sports, you know, national sports site... They had basically already written the Red Sox eulogy, and while that's certainly premature, you couldn't really blame them based on the way the first two games had gone. Then yesterday happens, the first inning happens, the Astros scored three times before you could blink an eye, and you thought to yourself, it's all over, not going to happen. Uh, with Doug Fister pitching for the Red Sox and, and a bullpen that had already been utilized pretty significantly it just you know you, you figured it just wasn't going to happen but the old town team proved it had a little bit of fight left in them uh bottom of the second they loaded the bases they only scored one time which you know I, I tell you what i'm watching the game and they loaded the bases with nobody out in the bottom of the second inning only scored one time and i said to myself they're just snake bitten uh, they, they needed to score way more than that because houston's going to start piling it on soon uh they, uh, they're snake-bitten. It's not going to happen for them. But they keep the Astros off the scoreboard thanks in large part to a great Mookie Betts catch in right field. Uh, went over his shoulder to make a running catch right next to the wall. Probably took a home run away from Josh Reddick on the play. Uh, that saved three runs in... Uh, it, was, it was either the top of the second or the top of the third, one or the other. Uh, the Red Sox come up to bat in their half of the third inning and put together a two-out a two out rally uh, capped by a Rafael Devers two-run home run over the bullpen in right center field, uh, which gave them a 4-3 lead the first time they've led in these playoffs. They clung to that 4-3 lead all the way until the seventh inning, thanks in large part to the heroics of one David Price, who came out of the bullpen and was tremendous yet again. Uh, for the Red Sox, and uh, they scored. the Red Sox came up in the bottom of the seventh inning, scored six times, and uh, won the game going away by a final score of ten to three. So the series, as we sit here now, is at two to one in favor of the Astros. They will play a game for today at 1:08 p.m. Uh, the announced starting pitchers are Charlie Morton for Houston and Rick Porcello. Cross your heart and hope to God for the Red Sox. Uh, although, I don't know who else you could have gone to. Uh, you had Ed Eduardo Rodriguez pitched and pitched very ineffectively 
in Houston on uh, on Friday in Game 2. Fister obviously started the game yesterday. Uh, he could be available in relief today if you really needed him just because he didn't go that long, but uh, obviously there's no confidence in him after giving up the three runs in the top of the first. Uh, so the Red Sox don't really have much else, much elsewhere to turn. They, they could have gone back to and may still go back to Chris Sale on three days rest uh, for the game today. What I think you'll probably see is Porcello start the game, and if he gets into serious trouble in the first couple of innings, then it'll be Chris Sale, the first guy out of the bullpen, to try and bail him out because David Price pitched four innings yesterday. That came on the heels of another multiple-inning relief, relief performance on uh, Friday, so I don't even know if he's available today. He said his arm's going to be fine and he can pitch if he wanted, but it's hard for me to see Price being available today for the Red Sox. So if, if, if you look at the, the way that these games have been going, uh, I told you at the beginning of the at the beginning of the week, beginning of the series, that I thought the Red Sox needed to score early and knock the Houston starters out of the game to get into their middle relief core, which is somewhat shaky. And that was the way that they were going to win this series or have any chance to win this series. That is exactly what happened yesterday for the first time. And it didn't happen that they, you know, they didn't get a lead until the fourth inning, but they finally knocked Astros. Brad Peacock started the game for the Astros and really didn't pitch all that poorly. Uh, got into the, you know, pitched a, a, you know, gave up a run in the bottom of the second, was cruising along in the third, uh, didn't give up anything particularly hard, but he finally gave up uh, an RBI single or a double to, move, to, to, to Hanley Ramirez to make the score three to two. And they got him. They went and got him. They had given up a long double to Mitch Moreland, which would have been a home run in a lot of other parks. The hitter before that, uh, Hanley singled him home. A.J. Hinch went out and got him in the, t in the bottom of the third inning. Liriano came in, and, and his, this, his second pitch to Devers, the slider that he hung over the plate, Devers didn't miss it. Uh, so they finally had a crooked number on the Houston, on the Houston starting staff and the bullpen. And... You know, the, the Astros bullpen actually held up fairly well from there. They brought in Lance McCullers, who was pretty good uh, over the next couple of innings, but they finally got to him, too, in the seventh. And what's really encouraging, I guess, I mean, look, the Red Sox are still a prohibitive underdog in this series. They're down 2-1. to one. It's, uh, it's, it's anything but uh, a slam, you know, it's, it's anything but a slam dunk case, obviously, that the Red Sox are going to win this series. They're still very much an underdog to do it. They've got to win today. Then they've got to go down to Houston and probably beat Justin Verlander in Game 5 to win this series. So they're still very much an underdog in this series. Uh, but, you know, one game at a time, obviously, for the Red Sox. If they win tomorrow, win today, all bets are off in Game 5. So, But in any event, what the Red Sox need to feel or should feel encouraged about today is they got to the Astros' bullpen yesterday. They really got to him. They took it to him, especially in the seventh. And the guy that they really took it to was Chris Davinsky, who is Houston's best best bullpen arm and their setup guy in front of uh, in front of Ken Giles, the closer. I don't think, although I could be wrong about this, but I don't think Davinsky recorded an out in relief of either it was McCullers or, or somebody else who had, who had led a couple of runs, runners on base 
in the top of the sixth inning, in the top of the, uh, the bottom of the seventh inning. Uh, it was certainly Zavensky who gave up the ringing double to Hanley Ramirez, uh, and, and uh, which which quieted, which you know broke open the score, made it six to three, and uh, opened the floodgates from there. Um, the Red Sox have to feel encouraged by that. They obviously need to get past the starter before they can get into the Astros bullpen. But again, the Astros bullpen, if there is a weak point on this team, it is the middle relief core of the Houston bullpen. It's not as strong as some of, as, as, as several of the other bullpens in the American League and certainly not as strong as the Red Sox one. Uh, and, and that's what the Red Sox were able to do today. They got a couple of runs on the board against Peacock, forced him out of the game, uh, kept it close for a while. It took them a little while to break the score open in the seventh inning, but once they did, it really broke open. A sixth run bottom of the seventh inning, and that's when the Red Sox can really do damage against this team. Uh, and it's a way that they can win game four, too. I mean, Charlie Morton is a good starting pitcher. He had a good outing against the Red Sox a week ago in Fenway, won that start. Um, but he's not a guy who's had a lot of postseason experience himself. He's a guy who will give up hits. He's a guy that will give up runs. If you can get a couple on the board against him in the first you know, a couple of innings, you can knock him out of the game, you can get to an already shaky Houston bullpen that is now tired by having to pitch six and a third innings yesterday. Uh, so, and they used a lot of pitchers yesterday, a lot of them. Musgrove came in, McCullers pitched a bunch, uh, you know, Davinsky pitched a bunch. I mean, they used a lot of pitchers yesterday, so there's some tired arms over there uh, in, in the Houston bullpen, and if they have to come in again today, they're even more tired, even more worse for the wear. Now, as as far as the the Red Sox starting pitching goes, I mean, I you don't know really what else to say at this point except survive in advance. I mean, the bullpen is very clearly and obviously now the strength of this team, at least from a pitching standpoint. It took until yesterday for the offense to really get going. Hanley Ramirez does look locked in, which is a nice sign for the Red Sox offense. He was a, he was awesome yesterday, so. Hopefully he brings that back to the plate tonight. Uh, but I, in terms of, of Rick Porcello, I mean, if if he gives you, if he pitches into the fourth inning tonight or today, uh, you know, I mean, it's, again, that sounds ridiculous, but if, if he can get you to the fourth inning, the way that the, the bullpens have been going in this series, if he can get you into the fourth inning, then I think you have to consider that a success. And I know that sounds ridiculous because, you know, it takes five innings to get away and you're expecting six or seven minimum from your starting pitcher. I, if he can get you into the fourth inning tonight and limit the damage, keep Houston from scoring, like, let's say more than three runs, because, I, you know, do you, I don't know if anybody has any real faith in Rick Porcello to pitch a good game today. I, I know I certainly do not. Um, if he does, hey season be damned. I mean, you know, the, 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 it'll be the most important start of the season. And, you know, kudos to the guy if he gives you a good outing. I just don't expect that he will. If he gets you into the fourth inning, then the way the Red Sox bullpen, or the, the, the good part of the Red Sox bullpen, uh, the, you know, the, the, the core of the Red Sox bullpen has been going, you got to feel okay with it. Um, Again, you could have Chris Sale tonight for uh, a few innings. I, you know, his throw day was yesterday. I don't know if he actually threw yesterday. 
Uh, I wonder if, if Farrell did not have him throw in anticipation that he may be needed today. Um, Joe Kelly was in the game yesterday, pitched an inning in the third. He's probably fine for today. I, I did not agree, by the way, I did not agree with the decision to have, have Addison, Addison Reed pitch the eighth inning yesterday. Really did not agree with that. Uh, although he came in and it was a relatively quick inning, really did not agree with Addison Reed in the game in a ten to three in, in a in a ten to three game in the eighth inning. Uh, again, I think the idea was probably just to get him some work, but you're going to need him today. Uh, he will tell you that he is fine. I mean, he's gone back to back many times before. He's going to he he will be available today. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I just thought why why waste some pitches out of that arm? Keep him rested for today because you're going to need him. Uh, Craig Kimbrell, by the way, has not pitched in this series. He has not pitched in this series. So, you know, I know you want to wait until the ninth inning to use Craig Kimbrell. Uh, but if you're in a high leverage spot in the late innings, if you're in a real high leverage spot, Craig Kimbrell is rested. He is ready to go. You know he is amped up. Uh, I would not hesitate if I was John Farrell to bring Craig Kimbrell into a pressure-packed situation in, say, the seventh or eighth inning and get a couple of outs and then give the give the ball to Addison Reed in the ninth to close it out or even to David Price in the ninth inning to close it out. Uh, I would not hesitate to do that if I was Farrell. I don't think he should. I, you know, Craig Kimbrell is there. He's ready. He can give you some pitches. You've got to get him into this game at some point today. Uh, it's too important of a game, obviously, for the Red Sox season. Uh, get Kimbrel into the game today. He can give you some outs. And, uh, you know, you're, you'll, you'll see what happens with the way Farrell wants. I, I have not been impressed with John Farrell in this series overall. Uh, I, I thought he's made a few moves that have, uh, have, have been astounding. Pinch-hitting Mitch Moreland. That's, this is nothing against Mitch Moreland. Uh, in game two, the Red Sox were down 5-2 to two at that point. Uh, pinch hitting Mitch Moreland against Chris Davinsky, who's literally been the best best relief pitcher this season against left-handed pitching in baseball. He has the lowest batting average against against left-handed pitching of anybody. Farrell ignored that, brought Mitch Moreland into the game. It doesn't take a genius to figure this out. You know, get past the whole righty-lefty thing. Davinsky shines against against left-handed pitching. You don't bring Moreland into the game for that. And it's nothing against Moreland. I mean, Davinsky got him on a fly out. It's just that's that's basic managerial sense. Have not been impressed with Farrell whatsoever in this series. I, I also did not like starting Devin Marrero over Rafael Devers in Game Two. I, I thought that was classic, a classic case of overmanaging. I, I know Marrero has been okay against lefties this season, all things considered. And you had a lefty going in Keuchel on the mound. I, I, I'm sorry. I want the hitting especially against that lineup, especially against Houston. You need a bat. You need, to, especially in Houston's park, you're going to need to score with them. I mean, you're sacrificing a significant amount of offense overall with Devers in the game instead of Marrero at the beginning. And, I mean, I understand he was playing the percentages, but that's, that's, that's it's classic overmanaging. Classic overmanaging to not put Devers into this game. He just, he's such a, you know, offense is is paramount when you're playing Houston. They're too good of an offensive team. You know, they're too good of an offensive team. I didn't think starting Marrero made any sense there. Uh, like I said, I, I, I disagreed with the decision to bring in Reed yesterday. Um, 
I didn't think it made any sense to have him in a 10-3 game. Uh, but, look, they won the game yesterday. You know, there, there's been a lot of speculation that this that John Farrell's coaching for his job. I'm not certain of that. I'd like to see that. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens when this series is over. Uh, but, I mean, he has not impressed me this year, that, or this series, that's for certain. He has not impressed me. Uh, but he's got another game here to, to, to kind of prove himself. The other thing that I have to get into, and I hate to do it, but what was up in Fenway yesterday? I mean, even at the beginning of the game, that place was dead as a doorknob. By the end of the game, it was not. By the end of the game, it wasn't. You know, the place was loud. When Jackie hit the home run, it was really loud. When Hanley hit the double, it was really loud. When Devers hit the home run, it got loud. But at the beginning of that game, there was... It, I mean, I was watching it on TV, of course. So, I mean, I wasn't there. I, I can't testify firsthand. But it just seemed like there was no buzz in that stadium. No buzz at all. Like, what's going on up there? And not only that, there were hundreds, if not thousands, of empty seats at the beginning of that game. I mean, it was it, it, you, you saw red everywhere, red seats everywhere when they when they panned around. What what is going on with that? Like you know, and I'm not gonna. I don't really know who to blame because I didn't see what happened. I mean, were, were ticket prices really that high? In that case, it's the Red Sox fault. It's baseball's fault that no one wanted to buy them. But I mean, they've been high before, and people show up. You know. It's they, the Red Sox have been down before two nothing in this exact scenario before, and the stadium has been packed. And by the end of the by the end of the game, it seemed much more much more full. Uh, maybe, but people getting there late. People don't want to be there at the beginning. This is the Red Sox. This is Fenway Park. I mean, there there was they they said on the game yesterday that they, there were tickets available. Huh? It was something going on in Boston that I didn't know about? The Patriots weren't even playing yesterday. Not that not that watching the Patriots would be an excuse anyway. Uh, but if you want to make it into an excuse, the Patriots weren't playing yesterday. You know, the Celtics weren't playing yesterday. I, I, was something else going on in Boston? If, if someone gets this, shoot me a note on Twitter or something and, and, and let me know. But... Was something else going on in Boston yesterday that they couldn't fill that stadium at the beginning of the game? I mean, it, it just seemed like it was as dead as as I can ever remember Fenway being in a playoff atmosphere. I, I, I can you're just watching it on TV. It was as dead as I can ever remember ever remember Fenway. And it got rocking eventually. I mean, you know, the Red Sox pulled it out. Don't get me wrong, but it was just dead in there. And look, I, I realize the first two games went poorly. I, I realize, and quite frankly, I didn't think the Red Sox had the comeback in them yesterday Yesterday that they did. I did not think they were going to win yesterday based on the way the first two games got went. But even so, I mean, this is the Red Sox in the playoffs. I, how is that? How is that crowd that dead at the beginning of the game? made no sense to me at all. So the one other factor, putting that aside for a second, looking at the game today, the other, the one other factor that I haven't mentioned that may play a part today is the weather. They actually may not play this game today. Uh, it is raining, 
and it's starting to come down pretty good in Philadelphia right now. Uh, that is all headed toward Boston and New York for that matter. I don't know when it's going to reach Boston. I would think that, well, I don't know that. I don't know that for a fact. The Red Sox play at 1 o'clock this afternoon. The Yankees play at 7 o'clock. I'm going to get to that a little bit later. I would think both of those games are in jeopardy. There's a pretty significant storm, They're the remnants of the hurricane coming through. So uh, if you're going to the park today, and I hope you are, uh, bring a jacket with you. You're going to need it because of the, the rain is coming, and, and it may wash the game out. If that is the case then I would think the Red Sox would start Chris Sale on regular rest tomorrow. Uh, you would also think that the game would get rescheduled for tomorrow, considering it's a scheduled off day. And then game five Wednesday in Houston, where uh, you don't need a, uh, uh, you, have no, you, know, you have no threat of rain because they, they play in a covered stadium there. But uh, So you would think that's what's gonna happen. Uh, just keep an eye on the weather and see what it's gonna do with that. Speaking of the decision to have the Red Sox at one, did you know, and if you did not see this, then know it now, the final, the start time of today's game for the Red Sox in Houston was not finalized until after the Yankees and Cleveland game ended last night. Had the Yankees lost that game, the Red Sox were going to be moved into prime time because the Yankees-Cleveland series would have been over. That the, Because the Yankees won the game last night, one to nothing, the Yankees in Cleveland get primetime at 7.08, and the Red Sox play at 1.08 this afternoon. But the Red Sox and the Astros did not know what time they were going to start the game until the Yankees game was done last night. That is ridiculous. Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. And I, I get that TV drives everything, that you want to get the marquee teams and the most, you know, marquee marquee time slots, and, and the Yankees are the Yankees, and Cleveland is, you know, was in the World Series last year, had the best record, had the big winning streak. I get it. I get that they're maybe a, a, a sexier matchup than, than Red Sox-Astros are, but it's just ludicrous. I mean, it's just ludicrous. You, you know, these the teams need to know when they're going to play. They need to be able to prepare for that. And to hold the Red Sox and Astros hostage for both teams, not just the Red Sox, Astros as well, to hold both of those teams hostage until the end of a Cleveland-Yankees game that most of these guys probably did not even stay up to see. I mean, a, a lot of these guys may have woken up this morning and not known exactly when they need to be at the ballpark. I mean, that's ridiculous. I, you you got to do better than that if you're Major League Baseball. I mean, these guys are on, they're, they're creatures of habit. They're creatures of routine. They need to know when they're going to play. And it just, it's its markedly unfair, markedly unfair to, the, to both of these teams and to the fans, by the way, as well. Speak nothing of the fans who are holding tickets to Game 4. They don't know what time they're going to get to the ballpark. A lot of these fans probably went to bed last night. And didn't know what time that you know. Didn't know if they were gonna have to get up early, take off work today, and get to the ballpark, or if they were gonna go later. And now a lot of them have to take off work today, maybe not even knowing. A lot of people probably woke up in Boston this morning, not even knowing that they were gonna have to take off work today because they hold Red Sox tickets, which is now gonna be played at one o'clock in the afternoon. That is ludicrous by Major League Baseball. Ludicrous. It is what it is now. The Red Sox are officially playing at one o eight this afternoon, but. 
you got to have a much better way of doing things if you're baseball than that. I mean, slot the Red Sox automatically into the afternoon if you want. Or, or do, do something different because, yeah, you, you cannot hold players hostage to this, to this kind of stuff. You've got to give them stability. You've got to be able to tell them exactly when and where they need to be at the ballpark and when and where they're going to be doing things. It's a greedy, it's a money-hungry grab for Major League Baseball. They're holding people to the system, you know, hostage to the system, and, and it's got to stop. So before we, we close the podcast, just a quick note on the Bruins. They are back in action this afternoon at 1 o'clock in Colorado. Uh, they are already already pretty significantly bitten by the injury bug. Patrice Bergeron's day-to-day may play today, may not. Brad Marchand also got dinged up in the first game. Uh, you know, it's it's it seems a little ridiculous to be talking injuries. They're literally one game into the season, but they, they're already dinged up by injuries, meaning, you know, if, if the first game and the first week of the regular season is any indication, they're going to be dipping pretty heavily into the Providence core uh, sooner rather than later. So keep your eye on that. But... They play. They play this afternoon uh, against uh, against the Colorado Avalanche. Um, they, uh, they had a nice nice first game. Nice first game from the young guys, uh, Jake DeBrusque. And, and I know we didn't really talk about this last week because there was so much else to talk about. Uh, DeBrusque scored his first NHL goal. Charlie McAvoy his first NHL goal in the first game. Uh, and DeBrusque was a beauty, by the way. Uh, took a took a pass in deep in the zone, worked it, muscled around a couple of guys, went to the forehand, uh, and and roofed one uh, for for his first NHL goal. Real nice, real nice play by the youngster. Uh, it's one game. It's early. They got a win over Nashville, four to three. Uh, it wasn't a perfect game by any stretch of the imagination, but they got a win. They got the win. Nice early season victory and 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 a good good opportunity for the young guys to get going. And uh, they're back in action today. We'll do. It. We're, we're, we're going to have a lot more Bruins coverage uh, as the season goes on. This this early season Bruins stuff, um, unfortunately, kind of has to take a back seat just because the Red Sox are in the playoffs. The Patriots are still going. Um, it just it, there 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 isn't enough time to talk about it in a little commute to work. So we will get much 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 more into the Bruins. As their season progresses, I promise you on that, we will get much more into the Celtics. That seems like the team we haven't talked about at all, although they're not playing right now. They did just start preseason play. Uh, preseason basketball, to me, means abs- absolutely nothing, uh, almost as much nothing as, as preseason football. Uh, but pre- you know, so I, I don't find preseason basketball really worth talking about. But uh, they did just start playing. We're obviously going to do a much, you know, we're going to do a lot more on the Celtics. We will do a full-on Celtics preview probably later this week, if not next week, depending on how uh, the story shake out and how the Red Sox are going. And uh, we're obviously going to have to do the Patriots game against the Jets on Friday. So uh, we will do a full-season Celtics preview before they begin play. I promise you that. And uh, for the Bruins and the Celtics fans out there, I apologize that we haven't talked about them a lot. We will be doing a lot more of it as the season progresses, I guarantee it. So that is our show for today, Monday, October 9th, Columbus Day. If you do have the day off today, make it a great one. Uh, Get in front of your TV at 1. 
uh, or get it, go down to the ballpark if you're up in Boston. Bring an umbrella and a jacket with you if you're there. Uh, but uh, make plans to see the Sox today. 1 o'clock is Game 4 of the American League Championship Series. I am very hopeful that tomorrow morning I will be back with you talking about and analyzing Game 5 of this series on Wednesday in, uh, in Houston. That's my hope. Uh, the rest of the week, uh, we're going to do a lot more with the Red Sox. We will put a bow on the Red Sox season if it finishes. If it does not, hopefully they're advancing to the ALCS. We will certainly be talking about the ALCS if they get there. Uh, we'll do a full Patriots preview, as we always do on Friday. We will talk Patriots throughout the course of the rest of the week. Uh, and uh, as the Bruins go, we will certainly keep you updated on Bruins happenings. We'll do a full Celtics preview before that season starts. So we got a lot happening on the podcast in the next couple of weeks. Hopefully you're tuning in. Thanks to everybody who's listened so far. A reminder, you can listen to us at Anchor. Uh, and uh, wherever you get your podcasts, we have the episodes up. I know last week I didn't do a great job of getting the episodes up. I apologize for that. Work was uh, kind of running my life last week. But uh, this week in, and, and in the future, we'll get our podcast up on iTunes, Google Play. Uh, wherever you get your podcasts, you'll be able to listen to us. Uh, we usually get them up in the morning, so they're available for you about midday. For now, this is Mike Lyon with the Wicked Awesome Boston Sports Podcast. Make it a great Monday wherever you are, everybody. Go Sox. Let's win game four. Let's get back here and talk about game five tomorrow. Bye, everybody.